And welcome back to our first episode of 2023. Of- <laughs> Woo, that's right. It's 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 been a, a force into the new year for sure. We've yeah. a lots lots of force happening um, for the Embodied Business Inspired Brain podcasts with your co-hosts Chantel Lopez and Anne Bishop. <laughs> yeah, that's us. That's us. Well, we, um, it has been a force, uh, as we have entered, we are, um, on day 11 of 2023. And I was just sharing with Anne that it has been madness on my end, uh, here in West Sacramento, one of the hardest hit areas, I think in California for the recent series of storms. Ooh, I was telling a teacher that I was just working with privately doing the nervous system work. Um, that I feel like I've lived three weeks in the last three days, oh. <laughs> all without power, um, mm-hmm. which has been um, really an interesting transition, I would say, with lots of expectations um, not being met. <laughs> yeah, and it's not going to school and, you know, you're trying to hit the ground running in 2023. And yeah, it's just... It's just not as um, maybe fluid as we all, as maybe we yeah. might have expected it to be. <laughs> yeah, sweet and graceful, which is how I like to enter the new year with lots of time for cozying up next to the fire and reflecting on the year past and the year to come. However, uh, what is fabulous, I think, is there is lots of fodder for our conversation today because we are entering this new year with um, a very powerful topic one that we have talked about before, we will talk about again, transition. And um, change in transition is a topic that we like to explore because we're pretty much as humans constantly in it. But today we're going to be specifically focusing on expectations. And Anne and I have both had really interesting experiences, um, uh, of course, over the course of our business careers and, and lives, but recently with regard to expectations and transition that we'd like to share with you. I think this will be a a fun way to enter our new year, but we will start with our what's in process, what's in progress. And you start because I feel like I have so many things I could share. I just don't know which one to share yet. So um, yeah, well, I'm just going to start with the big one. Um, So After uh, 20 years of studio ownership, I am a retired studio owner. (laughs) I have joined Chantel on the other side. um, And I am, yeah, I'm just so, I'm actually really, really enjoying the process. Yesterday, um, I called Chantel in a little bit of a a challenge point emotionally. And it was really awesome. We were able to like work through it and talk and chat. And I just loved that. Um, so I think we're going to dive deep, a little more deeper into that because I think Chantel's always shared so much with me about, yeah, you know, you have an identity a lot of times as a studio owner. Always, um, always. Yeah. 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 It has a nice cachet, you know, I mean, <laughs> it's something I definitely rested on for two decades of my adult life. So I'm just thrilled and ready to be uh, taking the next step forward, but it'll be fun to explore that more. 
Yeah, yeah. And I think that the concept of identity is so important. And I know I have shared a lot of that with you because it was a huge piece for me to to reconcile. Maybe the biggest piece, honestly, when I sold my studio, um, uh, uh, sold in in a quote, you know, air quotes um, in 2013. But I can also reflect on a, a dear friend of mine, Gina Paluka, who's been on the podcast, who recently retired from a 13-year career at Google and a 25-year career in corporate America um, and how deeply, like cellularly, we identify with our work and how how difficult and ultimately liberating it can be to unravel and shift that identity. Um, so lots of kudos to you, Anne, because I know you've been doing that for for many 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 months now and I'm I'm really excited to see what happens on the other side for you. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um. Well, what's in process and progress for me? I think um I have two maybe one major thread to pull on which is just that um next week we start the nervous system integration facilitator cert- certificate training. Um that's a mouthful. Um, and for me, it's the next big iteration of taking this work that is rooted in the nervous system, but also um, stems from, you know, embodied an embodied experience of business, of life, of work, um, of relationship, and and teaching other people how to to actually teach it. And I'm I'm thrilled about that, and I'm keenly aware as I'm in that creation process of my own nervous system responses. Um, as I said, you know, we've been hit hard by the storm. We were without power for two days. And just to, to reflect on the way I handled so many crazy, crazy unexpected things. Like just, I, I'm not the kind of person that weird stuff happens to. Like, I don't forget my bank card at home. I don't park in a parking lot that only takes cash, you know, and then find myself stranded. Like all these weird things and things being destroyed and kids being out of school. And I just am like, I'm so interested in my own relationship to these experiences. Um, And the work that I have done consistently through the many, many years five, six, seven, eight years um, to create a healthy nervous system show up in these moments where it could just all go wrong. (laughs) It could just all take a terrible turn if you, if you are not able to tolerate that sense of a lack of safety. So I'm just, I'm curious and fascinated and, and excited and inspired by by my own experience and how that's going to impact this next um, iteration of the work as we put nervous system facilitators into the world. So that's, that's it for me. I think. That's a great, I just think it's such a beautiful start to 2023. Yeah. I mean, it is crazy. I, I really want to tell you the story of my day yesterday because you will not even believe it. I will not tell you, Um, I will tell you later, but it's a, it's a, you know, there's a book, what are the kids, they read a book called, um, 
uh, lemony snickets, uh, something of unfortunate events. You, you all, <laughs> if you have kids, you you know this. There's a book series and there's a um, uh, TV series now. I think well, Jim Carrey, I think was in it, or maybe mm -hmm. that's right. But anyway, it's like that. It was like a series of unfortunate events, just one after the other. You would not even believe it. You would think I was the most unlucky person <laughs> on the planet. Um, and yet I came home and I had a glass of wine and I laughed and laughed and laughed about it because it was just ultimately ridiculous. Yeah. But there, but there is a different way of, of taking that, right? There is a different way. Like there could have been anger. There could have been throwing things. There could have been, you know, just lot, there could have been meanness or mean spiritedness on, you know, on my part toward other people. Like it just could have gone very differently. Um, and I think it, it is interesting to me as I reflect on what we want to share in the, in the podcast today is the, but, and I have said this a lot, the nervous system work to me, one of the major benefits is this space that we can create between what we expect and what then actually happens. Um, or, or like, it's very easy, I think, to rest in a safe space, in a safe state of like, all is well, and work is good, and kids are good, and health is good, and we're humming along. And, and yet, one thing comes, you know, one thing happens and we either, we are often, I think, when we rest in that sense of, um, I don't know how I want to say this. I think we can become complacent or we can have the expectation that it will just always be like this. And then when it is not harmonious, we can freak the fuck out. <laughs> You know, or, or we can, we can, we can be very resilient and we can roll with it. And, and to me, the difference is how much space is there between what, what we expect to happen and what is actually happening. And I know, Anne, you've had some really pivotal moments in the last many months between your expectations and then what actually happened. So share a little bit about that with us. Sure. Absolutely. So, um, I'm always thinking in my mind, like when you, when you create a business, um, you, there's particularly as an entrepreneur, I think there's, there's, there tends your identity can get wrapped up in the business. And so, I started the business literally December of 02. So about 20 years ago. And, um, and, and what I realized most recently is that I had outgrown my business. And one of the things that I did along the way is I, I guess as a lifelong learner, I kept using my business in a way to essentially develop more skills um, so, you know, after teaching Pilates for 15 years, I felt like literally like that was my job. <laughs> I definitely had met the 10,000 hour rule, you know, I definitely become in my, I felt 
pretty darn expert teacher at that point. Um, And so then I wanted to sort of like leverage my business to learn, well, learn about business actually. (laughs) Um, So I really kind of stepped into that role. I learned about sales. I learned about marketing. I'd always was a pretty little interested in marketing. So that was an easy uh, thing for me, but sales was very uncomfortable for me at first. Mm. Um, But then it got comfortable (laughs) just kind of when I'm, I just, I just, I just kind of got comfortable, quite comfortable with it. Um, And then, yeah. And so in my, and then I leveraged my business to, to really learn how to be a leader and a manager when I really stepped out of teaching altogether Mm -hmm. Um, and how to, how to manage a team and not just a team of independent contractors, but then the state of California passed a rule. So everyone became employees and really learning how to lead a team of employees. And um, because I had not grown up in another business, I had never seen someone do that. Uh, I'd never seen another leader really um, because I'd always worked for myself. So, uh, and I wanted to, you know, do it well. So I had reached out for, you know, for support with different business consultants, with pricing, with, um, with all, with, with all the pieces. And I loved it. Uh, and then I was really, uh, I absolutely loved my work with Chantel, um, and within the Pilates master's program. Uh, and I also just really wanted some more time back, although I was not teaching in the studio at all. I think, I think what I wanted was more bandwidth Yeah. and, um, holding a, holding a business, being a co-founder in another business, children, some aging parents, it just felt like I wanted more space. And so I made a decision to sell the studio. My expectation was to sell it. And I um, (laughs) was offering it around. And then I had had a conversation with someone who, um, who had had mentioned to me that it was going to be an easy transition for me to, to sell it because someone had recently bought bought the business. Um, and I had been a subletter for eons and eons. Um, what I did not anticipate was that the person who purchased the business would actually want the space back. And so after I had made all of these changes, expectations being crushed, real, like, I'm sorry, what? (laughs) Yes. Yes. And it, I just, I mean, I had just invested in a new website. I invested in new signage. Those things are not cheap. Um, Well, you did a tremendous amount of work mm -hmm. with the expectation that work would make the business more sellable, which it it did. And then this other thing, this curve. Yeah. And so I just said, okay, so I can have a moment of, of, of shock. (laughs) I can have a moment of, of, of anger of which I did both. And then I said, well, how can I make, how can I continue on and, and complete this business, which I've put so much love and support in and, and, and as, you know, as well as the people on my team. Well, and and off of your life, by the way. Yeah, my, my entire adult life. I mean, I my entire thank you, Chantal. Yeah, yeah, my entire adult life. Um, and 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 how can I, how can I move forward and complete this despite this shock, with a sense of, of clarity, mm-hmm. and this is how I did it. 
I, I remember reading somewhere something about, well, if you can, if, because it was so shocking to me, I was like, wait, I just spent, and like, didn't you notice I put up the signs and like, I told you about it. <laughs> like, could we have talked about this earlier? Um, and so what I did is I said, well, I, what the, what came to me is someone said, you, for you to process this well, you, you, you have to make some sort of story around it. Like your brain has to create, you need to, I think my nervous system. So when people like for my nervous system to handle this, it was like, how can you, what's, what's the story here? And it's not a story where I necessarily had to, it was not, not a story to prove that I learned something, but it's just, so I said, okay, well, so what I'm going to do is I'm, I'm, I'm retiring from studio ownership because <laughs> I was clear that I was going to end it. Um, and I'd been speaking to people for, for quite a few months saying if I could find um, some interest. And I also, so that was one thing. And then I, and, and then I said, and I've heard of this before and in the past, it didn't really resonate with me, but I'm like, I need to pick a word. I'm going to pick a word around this so that some people will be like, pick a word for the year, pick, but I was like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to pick a word for this transition. And so my word was grace. Yes. So and I, great. Yeah, I just, I'm like, you know, it's going to be strong when you're graceful, you're strong and it's hard, but there's also an ease and, and a beauty to and the elegance. Energy. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so I just was like, you know, that's all I can do. So as I've been speaking to, to, to my new, um, well, to, to my past, uh, landlord, you know, um, she's younger than me. She's about my age. When I started my business, just a few years older. And I'm just like, yeah, I remember being her age and just kind of stepping into, to someone in more of a leadership role with her, you know, letting all of my staff know that was my first worry and, 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 and task, um, of course, and then letting the, the students know. And then now that I'm past, because we've closed on 1231, now the role is really to, that I see is like, I don't want to dump this thing as if you're like dumping your bag on the ground and it splits open and it goes everywhere. You know, it's like, it's like, no, I'm going to, zip it up and I'm going to close it up. And so I, I've just really leaned into a lot of rituals, even in my online space of like, how can I have a ritual around this closing? Um, yeah. So I just, and then, and then two more, two more studios have spawned out of this, which is really wonderful. And I've, and I'm working to, and, and I have sold off quite a few of the assets. So, um, and I think what I've learned into a lot during this time is the work of the nervous system. And I don't know if I could have, because one of the things, and I don't know if I'm oversimplifying it, but what I like is that there is simplicity in the nervous system. Like, I don't think it has to be so overcomplicated. I agree. Yeah. Yes. I'll have these feelings and then I have a story around the feeling and I'm able to say, okay, I have this feeling and here's the story. It's almost like, in body awareness, like you sense it and then you name it. But in this case, the naming is a story. It's not just a single name. It's you're naming the narrative. Yeah. yeah you're naming. Acknowledging. And it's just, and a lot, so many people have come up to me and they're like, oh man, this just must be so hard. And I'm like, it's just not like, yeah. it's just not that hard. 
Yeah. So let me draw, let me draw a parallel please, because, because this is the experience that I had when I went through my divorce, which was a really a four to five year process. You know, they call it conscious uncoupling, blah, blah, blah. That's the trendy term, but you know, I would get the same thing like this must be so hard. I'm so sorry. And it's like, well, in fact, of course it is difficult and it is deeply sad and it is, you know, challenging. And yet we just are rising to meet it in a way that is out of, like out of choice. Right. And I think that what I, what I have discovered and what I understand based on like this big transition that, or that big transition, which is now complete is not my first transition rodeo, right? I mean, I, you know, I have been through big transitions, becoming a mother, Mm -hmm. becoming an entrepreneur and, and, you know, building a business, a a brick and mortar studio, and then, and then relinquishing it and changing out of that. And there is this, I think to your point, Anne, the, the beauty of being able to say, oh, this is, the experience I'm having, this is the story that I'm having. So in the nervous system work that has been fostered by Deb Dana, because I really want to give her credit, um, is, is understanding the difference, being able to identify is probably a better way to put that through awareness, the experience of state, which is a safe state or a a non-safe state, a regulated or dysregulated state. And then the story or narrative that I attach to it because I need to make meaning out of it. And what I find so interesting as I reflect on my own experiences and, and what you've just shared is that when we understand that these two things are separate, that they are not tied together, they that, but that they can stand alone is that's the moment in which we can shift both. Right. Mm -hmm. We we have an opportunity, I think through embodiment and through an embodied experience to say, yeah, this is the way I respond to not feeling safe. And this is the story I'm having about it, but the two things can be separate and I can, I have tools and I have a better chance of changing my state, which will then help me change the story to something that is more positive. And I was sharing earlier in our conversation, my day yesterday and the last couple of days, but my day yesterday, I feel like I could have just been in the story of complete and utter like victimhood and, and, it wasn't like that. It was like, oh, I, none of this feels safe. There's all these unknowns. I don't actually know how, I'm, I think eventually I'm going to have to tell the story, but um, I didn't know how I was going to get my car. I didn't know how I was going to get home. I had no cash. I had no way of getting cash. I was, I had walked already like 25 blocks. Nobody that I knew in town was home or available. Uh, and I was like, this could be really terrifying and it could be really uncomfortable and I could be angry and I could be mad at myself and I could be engaged in this narrative that is like negative self-talk and mad at all the people who weren't meeting my expectations. And yet, because I could identify like 
but this is the state experience I'm having. My nervous system does not feel safe. I, I don't, there are too many unknowns, but I could also say, oh, this is a very interesting story I'm having. And because I am very practiced at this, I could easily separate the two and I could set the story down and shift the state. So as I was walking another 10 blocks to the bank that ended up not being open because <laughs> I did not have my bank card. So I couldn't just get cash to get my car out of the lot in which I have an electric car. And so I was in a cash only parking garage to charge my car because I had no power at home. And I, you know, I could have just been really upset about that. But as I was walking these 10 blocks, I was like, well, like it actually feels great to walk. The air is brisk and it's not raining and I'm healthy. And I'm like, I never would have thought this adventure was going to happen. <laughs> and so I could change the state I was in and that shifted the story. And so it's just, it's a very powerful place in which we can get to when there's enough space or we can cultivate enough space between the state experience and the story experience. But because they're all happening all the time. And, and as you were describing your own experience, and I was thinking, of course, we, we use language to make meaning of our experiences. And that's, that's important. It, and it has to happen and it will continue to happen. But what kind of meaning making are we making? <laughs> does it actually support us or does it hinder us? And I really think the path that you've taken through this process is so admirable and different than it could have been because I reflect back on the, the ending of my business relationship when I closed my second studio and how toxic it was. Mm -hmm. But so much of the toxicity was the story I was telling myself right, of being mistreated and treated unfairly and, and, and all the things, right? Very little space between um, my expectations and the reality of what was happening, which makes things harder. Yeah, so it makes me, as I think about, it's like, right, it's like when reality does not meet your expectations, <laughs> you probably, you know, you get a little scared. Yeah. Um, or you have feelings about that. <laughs> and you know and then what's the story there and I think it doesn't mean that because we all want the fairy tale ending I mean yeah, we want the best outcomes yeah 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 I think you know especially if you're an entrepreneur I'm not saying not everybody does but you know you, you got quite a bit of giddy up and go get them as an entrepreneur and you're just <laughs> like, yeah just you know, and you have to operate in a place of possibility and like, I'm going to go for that moonshot. And if I don't make the moon, I'll, I'll get to the, you know, the outer atmosphere or the upper atmosphere. Right. Like, yeah. And you have, and, and, and I'm going to go back to that state because <laughs> I have to operate there. Um, as I continue to, to push into, to new growth and new opportunities. And so, yeah, I just, I don't even want, I, I don't want to avoid or not feel things, but I, I just, I'm just not that interested in having a big story hold me back. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you said, you said the word have to, and it's like, well, you don't have to, right? You could live in a story that is 
uh, resentful and blaming and puts the responsibility on, uh, you know, everything and everybody else. But the truth is that when you are aware enough to notice how that feels in your body, then you become astute enough to know that that's not the thing that you would choose. Right. Yeah. And it, makes me think a lot about like emotional intelligence and for sure they go hand in hand a hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, that's a phrase that I think is, is, is spoken to a lot within corporate America, although I've not been in corporate America, but even in entrepreneurial America, we talk about emotional intelligence. Uh, We talk about emotional intelligence within education um, and that the emotions are are the containers for learning and the container for your mind. Um. And so, yeah, this, it makes me think about, people talk about this concept of emotional intelligence, but not really how to get it. Right. And I feel like the nervous system work is a wonderful support of, you know, well, now now here's a framework of how to actually get to become emotionally intelligent. And because we know emotions are felt within our body. And I think like sometimes some people feel a lot but it's not enough just to feel them. Again, you, you have to have that naming or that story to it. And yeah. so just feeling it's yeah. what, what, yeah. I, and I just, I think for me, I think, and I've seen that in, in lots of different, um, in lots of different research regarding uh, body awareness and, and perception. It's, it, you can feel, but then, but then we, we are embodied brains. So we feel and then we make meaning of it. Yes. <laughs> it's both of those experiences. Yeah. And what is the key between the experience and the making of meaning is the language. And, and I think people would argue that language falls short, which I'm, uh, I'm not in disagreement of. But I think also, and I think also, we can bring a greater awareness to language that helps us all become better at meaning making more accurate at meaning making and that's a i think a whole another topic it's a whole you know a different podcast but we were just talking about that this teacher and i earlier today about cult how important cultivating language around our state experience is so that we can see the story that we're making and and is it accurate and is the experience that we're having any even accurate and i just want to give a little uh, want to give a little bit of credit to um th- there is a i think it's the most recent brene brown book called atlas of the heart where she's talking a lot about the research around emotion and language and how there was an early research study she was involved in where the the majority, like the majority of folks said that the top three emotions that they experienced were happy, angry, and sad. And that's it. And there was no nuance. There was no, uh, that, that was it. I mean, they're happy, I'm sad, or I'm angry. And, and I think when we are armed with only three words to describe our emotional experience, it makes for um, very difficult stories 
Right. Yeah. And I, I think it makes me think too of like, you know, different cultures have, I mean, I don't want to butcher anything here, but I believe other cultures have like many different words for snow. Right? <laughs> sure. And it's like, there's many different ways that there can be snow on the ground or how it is in the world or space where, or, and, or, um, there are many different words for shame. And in the English society, we just have like one, but there's yeah. like many different types. So it, it's like sometimes other cultures or other um, have more names because there's more nuance because, you know, if you're surrounded by snow and ice, you know, 10 months out of the year, you're going to have a lot of ability to describe them. So why can't we have more ability to describe how, how we're feeling? Yeah. Because if you're better able to describe how you're feeling, it's not just woo woo. It's like, you can manage a business better. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're more, you're more accurately socially engaged, I think is, is mm -hmm. one of the points that Brene Brown was making, um, that the research shows that you're more socially capable, right. Of being in relationship with other people when you have a more nuanced language of what your emotional experience is. Um, it also makes me think of how, uh, a long time ago, I read about the Dalai Lama's, uh, one of his visits to the States and he was, he was talking at um, Stanford and somebody had asked a question about, um, self-hate. And of course he was using an interpreter and the, and, and he was completely confounded because he said in the Tibetan language, there is no word for self-hate. It is not a concept that we identify with the same is true for the word guilt there if in mm -hmm. a, in, and I'm not sure that I'm getting this right but what I recall is um, uh, instead of guilt the closest thing that they have in the Tibetan language is intelligent remorse which I think is fascinating so the power of language and, and, and our meaning making, um, and just in this space, right. That we either occupy or don't occupy between what is happening and what we expect to happen. I think to, to the point of this podcast and how do we create more space? And I think our conclusion is we create more space by understanding that we can have a biological physiological experience of anything and everything from which is the nervous system response unconscious response and then how it filters up to you know our prefrontal cortex and our and, and then our meaning making um and i think the bigger the space the better we are at navigating life's unmet expectations yes i love that i love that because and i think too what kind of prompted us to have this discussion as i was you know just sh sharing with you um you know just some of the emotions as as i go through this and and you you were sharing like yeah you know a lot of times it's it's just all the good news and it's, it always works out and you know, we were sort of saying like, sometimes in the self-help or coaching or mentoring business, like it's just, it's just all the good things all the time. And the reality is that's just, there are some things that are outside of your control. 
or sometimes you just don't get what you want, but that doesn't mean (laughs) sometimes your expectations are not met. Right. But if, if your reaction is to totally shut down and be completely stressed and angry, well, that's not good for your health. (laughs) Uh, Period. I definitely, as I'm entering into middle age, it's like, yeah, you want to take good care of your health. And, you know, you just, um, and, and then, and then your mind is not available to, to continue to make good decisions moving forward. Right. Create. And I mean, I really feel like then in, in, let me just give the explicit example, like my business should be a, like I should be able to sell my business for X amount of dollars or this part of my business. Like it, it's like, well, maybe that's true at some time and place in history, but right now for you in this moment with the resources you have and the people available to purchase your resources, it's not actually the case. That's reality. That doesn't mean, so you can take that one of two ways, right? You can become completely disheartened, angry, resentful, feel like you were cheated you make all kinds of stories up to, to be in the right. Mm-hmm. The problem is that that negative energy, let's just, we'll just put that label on it, prevents you from being creative or open to other solutions. I, I definitely have seen that as a shift in my own life and experiences that when I go straight for the, um, when I'm in the place of victimhood, entitlement, expectations not being met, my creative capacity to see opportunities is incredibly, if not infinitesimally (laughs) diminished. And yet if I can say, I want to sell this and I want to sell it now, and this is what I am being, you know, what is, what is available to me, I can say yes with you know, and I can be creative in the solution. I can, maybe I'll end up making more money. It just as an example than I would have before, because I'm open to leveraging the resource in a different way. But when we get, when we don't have that space, when we can't stay in that state or return to that state of safety, we then usually not only make poor decisions, but, but oftentimes we can't make decisions and decisions. And then we become victim to our experience, which there's just nothing good about that. Right. Because it is actually so much of our responses within our control. Well, we're clearly on a journey Anne and I always, (laughs) And, and deep in, in the heart of a lot of really good stuff right now, we um, are grateful for your kind attention and your time. We love being here with you and sharing with you. Welcome to 2023. And we are excited about our lineup of guests and topics for the year and look forward to hearing from you and getting your feedback. And I think that's it for us for now. We'll see you next time, everybody. See you next time. Well, as always, we'd like to say a big thank you for your time and attention. We know how precious it is. We love hanging out with you and serving this amazing community of inspired leaders and educators who desire to make a bigger impact and bring their whole selves to this awesome party. 
We hope you are leaving feeling a little inspired, refreshed, maybe even excited, and a little bit giddy. The absolute sweetest and most powerful thing you can do to support this not-for-profit, minimally sponsored podcast is to tell us how much you love us, and there are a couple of ways you can do that. You can leave us your comments and reviews on iTunes or YouTube. Both are better. And if you didn't know we have a YouTube channel, now you do. Or by sending us the occasional love letter to embodiedbusinesspodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, we hope you'll keep asking, how do I want my business and my life to feel?